one. Welcome back to The Patriot and the Preacher. We have a really interesting guest that's going to join us right now. It's something that Todd and I have been talking about for a long time on this show. The author of this book, the book is The Christian Left, How Liberal Thought Has Hijacked the Church. Lucas Miles, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. It's hey, great, to, great to have you. Uh, so, Lucas, this is this is really near and dear to our hearts here on the show, obviously. So explain to us, because we've seen it happen right in front of us, it, should, it could explain why we have pastors that say they are preaching the gospel but support abortion, or we yeah. have pastors that um, say they're preaching the gospel, but then we find out they're okay with gay marriage. So I think you probably, I, you know, I'm almost through your book. I'm going to read the rest of it, but is that... Take us through the book. I see that uh, I, I read the chapter of the Trojan horse. So tell us how you came up with this book and why you decided to write it. You know, it's interesting. I, I originally was planning on releasing another book uh, kind of in this cycle. I had a whole outline ready to go and just really kept, you know, watching the news, seeing what was happening. And these were topics I had addressed, you know, a lot from the pulpit, certainly in blog posts and things over the years. But um, I, I just I just felt like there was such a need because leftism and and liberal thought and is just rising up so fast within the church. Mm -hmm. You know, if you look back, um, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, uh, there was there was leftist thought within the church, but it was mostly confined in an academic setting. It was, you know, theology professors at kind of your higher level uh, places, you know, maybe, uh, you know, some of the Ivy League, um, you know, theology departments. And but we weren't seeing this in a, in a typical, you know, Bible college setting even and especially weren't seeing this really at the church at any sort of great level. Maybe some East West, you know, extreme coastal, you know, cities where it was a little bit more prevalent, but mm -hmm. it was it was still pretty isolated. What that happened, though, is it went from from the professors it dripped into the pulpits, and now it's it's obviously dripped into the pews. And so the Christian left, as I as I call it in this book, it has has really shown its head. And I think that you know it has been even more empowered because of this current administration. And I think are really emboldened to push uh, liberal agenda, a, a liberal agenda, and and oftentimes a Marxist agenda. Um, and really just cram that down Americans' throats and especially, you know, uh, within the church more than we've ever seen before. Yeah, yeah. I call this the quote-unquote administration or maybe the regime is a better word. <laughs> Miles, Lucas, this is a great book, man. Uh, listen, uh, you said something about the Christian cabal, uh, an elite group of leftists influencing Christian media and ministries. I want to hear more about the Christian cabal, man. So I compare this. Uh, it's funny, you know, some some people ask about this, but honestly, most of the bigger media shows I go on, they don't want to touch this portion because, <laughs> you know, it's sometimes it's their bosses, you know, is the, the honest truth. And and, you know, when I talk about the Christian cabal, whether you call it the Christian cabal, you also hear people refer to it as the evangelical intelligentsia. Now, you know, please hear me. I don't think that there's a group of these, you know, kind of pseudo Christian masterminds sitting in a room like James Bond villains going, well, you know, what are we going to do today? But there is an interconnected, you know, web of of um, uh, uh, journalists, uh, film producers, uh, left left leaning, you know, uh, Christian, you know, uh, uh, university oh, professors. Yeah. Um, that all know each other. 
And to be honest, I know a lot of these guys. Like, I'm not saying this is just somebody who is, you know, from the outside. I work, I've, I've produced films for Netflix, Redbox, Walmart, Sony Showtime. You know, I'm at all the big faith conferences. I've done deals with a lot of these guys. This is this, I'm telling you firsthand. Yes. These people exist. I've written well, they, for they, about they every single. Major, yeah, they, I've, I've written for about every single major Christian, you know, outlet that there is. Um, you know, and with, uh, we see this a lot in publishers, the one I, I, I point this out in the book, you know, there's a publisher, um, that is it's underneath the, uh, the penguin random house is the secular ownership of this publisher, but there's a publisher called convergent and mm -hmm. they are an imprint of penguin random house. And, uh, um, um, uh, and, and, you know, they are producing a ton of left-leaning, you know, for lack of a better term, Christian material. And so we are seeing guys like Richard Rohr, guys like Jonathan Merritt, Matthew Paul Turner, who are major influencers within the faith media space. They're journalists. They're writing for Christian publications. They're writing for religion news service. They're, they're uh, still sometimes getting you know, invited to speak at major church conferences, and they are complete progressives. They do not hold to the, the, um, uh, you know, any sort of authority of Scripture. At best, they have downgraded scripture to a narrative about God. Mm -hmm. And I think oftentimes we see it as even less than that. Um, you know, Richard Rohr, you know, I think has, has, you know, moved into kind of full on Gnosticism. And, you know, nobody's talking about this. Nobody is talking about this. And so to be honest, that chapter of the Christian Cabal, it was the last chapter I wrote for the book, although it's in the middle of the book. And I didn't want to write it because, you know, I, this was a, this was a fairly like, you know, theoretical book and, and, and high level, you know, commentary on this problem originally. And I had a few people read this ahead of time. And they said, Lucas, you have to address head on, like, who's really behind this. Hmm. And that, that chapter, the Christian cabal came out of that. And I do, I name names in this and I feel like I do it respectfully. Uh, I want to do it with these people are, you know, um, I think they deserve dignity. They deserve, you know, uh, fair conversation, but they don't, uh, they, they should not be exempt to uh, theological scrutiny. They should right. not be exempt from, you know, some tough debate on these subjects. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, the church really needs to wake up and see who it is that they're supporting and, and where their, where their dollars are going. Absolutely. So talk to us about the sovereignty and the socialist mindset, which has come into the church and we're, we're hearing them almost echo uh, the left on everything. Yeah. How yeah. did that happen, Lucas? So let me just say this, you know, there's two, there's two different, um, what I would call factions or divisions of the Christian left. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, we have kind of what I was just talking about this, the, the cabalist level. These guys are, they're, they're elite. They know exactly what they're doing. They're not just like questioning or wondering things. They are teaching leftist and progressive ideas about God and faith and, 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 you know, uh, things like, um, uh, you know, uh, racial theories and everything else, Marxist theories that are out there. And, and so they're hardcore in this. Then we have another group that are sort of the lay people, the everyday Christian that has just been impacted by this, maybe right. because their pastor has gotten into it, or maybe mm -hmm. some other national pastor they listen to has gotten into it. They don't even know that they've fallen into progressive theology. Um, and most of their theology is not developed enough. They don't know the word well enough oftentimes to really know the errors that they're making and falling into. And so they're just genuinely confused, but they're drifting, you know, they're starting yes. to drift hard left. Mm -hmm. So when we look at something, you know, like this, this, I point out this connection between this extreme sovereignty message and, and socialism, 
I believe that there are a group of people in the church, and, and many times these individuals have actually in the past voted right. They've been right-leaning voters, um, but they have been so impacted by the sovereignty concept, basically that God is this sort of divine puppet master, and everything that happens is God doing it. Hmm. We don't see that in Scripture. Everything right. we see in scripture is man as a choice. There's free will. Mm-hmm. And obviously we have denominations that would teach, you know, um, you know, more reform perspective. I'm not even speaking against, you know, uh, sort of, you know, uh, uh, you know, maybe a general Calvinistic doctrine. I'm talking about even something more extreme than that of where there is zero synergy from man's side of this, this equation. Mm-hmm. And what that produces is it produces us looking at God and basically saying, Jesus, take the wheel. I'm just going to sit back and God's going to save the day. Moses did that at the Red Sea when the Egyptian army was against him and the Red Sea was in front of him. And uh, God showed up and, and, you know, Moses told the people to sit down and pray. And God goes, hey, Moses, what are you doing? He's like, we're praying. You know, I'm doing the pastor thing right now. We're all praying here that you're going <laughs> to He's like, Moses, go pick up your staff, walk into the water and part the waters, you know? Yeah, got to be actionable. And, yeah, yeah right. we, have, we, have a, we have this church that is, has drifted so far into apathy and, and, and just, you know, uh, we've become so impotent in our efforts that we're just thinking that God's going to deliver us. You know, God's, God's in control. I don't even need to vote. I don't even need to think about it. Mm-hmm. God's in control. And, and basically, we have a view of God that's socialist, that yeah. I'm just going to sit back, collect my, my divine check. That he and he'll take me. care of me. Yeah, right. I have, yeah, I'm entitled because I'm mm-hmm. a Christian, and he's going to take care of it all. And, you know, sure, in the big picture, yes, God does deliver us. In the big picture, the kingdom does right. win. All those, the, I'm, I'm very optimistic about, you know, the Lord's return and all of yeah. those things. Yeah. But, but we play a part in that. And so when you take that kind of div- that extreme sovereignty concept, you apply it into the state. Now, all of a sudden, we have a predisposition hmm. that we will embrace socialistic concepts from the state because we've already been embracing them with God. Right. And so you have so much of the church, and that opens the door, I think, for some of these left-leaning concepts to come in and really impact, you know, uh, um, you know uh, kind of everyday believers in a negative way. Yeah, Absolutely. well, Lucas, you mentioned something that I mean, I haven't even brought this up. I actually was on a Christian uh, news show, and then I afterwards talked to one of the reporters, and uh, I talked about the subject because you know I've been a pastor for 17 years, very, very near and dear to my heart. What you're talking about, and there was actually something that I found. I was looking online, I couldn't find it because Google's probably suppressing it now. But there was there was something that I found during the Obama administration where there was literally money being funneled to certain pastors in order to speak mm-hmm. towards an agenda. And I remember that reporter saying, Todd, if you break that story, that'll be like one of the biggest stories. But, you know, I don't necessarily want to break that story. <laughs> uh, but have you heard anything about this where certain passengers are receiving money and finances? I mean, the- I can certainly tell you and I, I want to be careful not to use specific examples on this because, you know, um, it, it's you know, I, I feel like I would have a lot more documentation. I'd have to throw at that to, to, to do that. But let me right. just say there are there are uh, news outlets that you know, you know, like the news outlets are not just making money based upon, you know, advertising dollars and people clicking on links. Okay. That is one way that they make money. Mm-hmm. They also make money um, because sometimes they get paid some large chunks of cash to cover stories. Yeah. Now, generally what that looks like is this, uh, you know, if you have a news outlet and let's say I come to you and I am the, um, you know, I'm the, the atheist, you know, for a better America group. Okay. And I'm, I've just kind of made up that name. I'm not sure if that's a real organization or not. I'm sure it will be tomorrow. Now, after we said this, <laughs> yeah, you just gave them a name. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Somebody, somebody buy that domain, you know? <laughs> um, and, and, uh, so, you know, uh, if I come to you and say, Hey, I'm going to give you, let's say $50,000. 
And I want you to cover um, the sort of the, the, the faith aspects of atheism. Mm. And I want you to do 10 stories this month for that 50 grand talking about atheism. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're getting money from an atheist group and you have journalistic integrity, you're going to say, well, first of all, if you have journalistic integrity, you're going to say, look, you can give us some cash to do this and we'll do 10 stories on atheism, but they might be 10 bad stories on atheism. They might be 10 good stories on atheism. We're going to do what our journalists want to do, right? That what they uncover and what they see now. But what happens is because if that group is the money train, then you're going to feel led to do, well, we better, we better do most of these stories as positive towards, you know, atheism. Mm -hmm, so yeah. seven out of 10 of these are going to be positive with three that are negative. We've met our quota and we got paid and you have news outlets that are making money that way, you know, hand over fist. And oftentimes it is, you know, kind of these, these uh, less than, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, maybe, um, you know, we'll say left-leaning progressive, you know, um, uh, groups that are throwing cash around like that trying to get stuff covered and painted good light. Now it does happen. You know, I mean, there's, there's, I'm sure there's been gun groups that have done that or other things that have done that to get stories out there. Sure. This does happen on the left and the right, but you know, most people don't understand how the media works enough to really realize what's happening behind the scenes to, to really paint the narrative for America. Absolutely. So I've got a question, Lucas, it occurred to me when you were answering my last question, you were talking about God's going to take care of everything. You know, it's like the socialist view of God. We don't have to do anything. Do you think that's maybe why somehow this QAnon movement got integrated with the Christians? Because, and the reason I ask you this is that their language about, the, I actually had somebody in the QAnon movement tell me that Q did a lot for Jesus Christ. Now, mm -hmm. in my view, Jesus doesn't need Q, <laughs> but do you think that that mentality yeah. is why so many Christians were literally suckered into following Q who's not God, who nobody even knows who this person is. Is that, right. is, is that what happened? I think certainly part of it, you know, I mean, you know, a lot of the, and I didn't follow Q, you know, uh, um, you know, intently, but I mean, I, I saw enough to know that, you know, there was language of follow the plan, trust mm -hmm. in the plan, you know, just right. keep trusting this. And, and, you know, and, and that sounds very faith oriented, you know, it sound, it, it, it intertwines itself. And, you know, look, the, the concept that I'm presenting about the Christian left is that they did sneak in like a Trojan horse mm -hmm. uh, into the church because the church cannot be, it cannot be defeated from the outside. Right. And, and history has shown that the church is not easily defeated from the outside. If you want to hinder the church, you have to sort of work your way into it mm -hmm. and, and divide it. And so, and if you look historically, this already happened with the Jewish synagogues. You know, most of our synagogues are now, you know, been secularized. And so there, you know, there, I mean, certainly there's a constituency of, of, you know, Orthodox Jews that are left in our country that still hold to, you know, what we would call Judeo-Christian beliefs and everything else. But what we have a lot of is Hollywood Jews, you know, and, and people mm -hmm. that kind of have, have been very secularized with this mindset. Well, that same thing is now happening for the church. And you know, it does happen on the extreme right, too. We mm -hmm. see that with certain groups that are, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, sort of a, a white supremacy groups or, you know, things like um, uh, 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 Westboro Baptist, you know, where these these sort of those are those are Trojan horses of the extreme right mm -hmm. uh, that have come in. But what I present in this book is that left and right, as we think about it, it's not this linear sp perspective, you know, and I present kind of this model in the book that actually looks like a circle. 
and that the a, a God-fearing Democrat, which I believe there are some out there, there's not as many today as there used to be, but I, I give the room that I, I don't believe, I don't buy this thing that, you know, you can't be a Democrat and be saved. I think you can be a Democrat, be saved and be wrong about a lot of policy issues, you know, but I, there used to be a, a much more of a prevalence about pro-life Democrats and Christian Democrats. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those are, those are less and less until yeah. recently where the left realized that they, you know, being known as the godless party was not doing them any favors. And so they then grabbed a hold of spirituality. Basically, right. the left kind of got quote unquote saved. <laughs> and they have introduced this neo Christianity based upon socialist Marxist principles. And they are presenting themselves as the uh, as really the, the curators of morality now. And, you know, there's I mentioned in the book, there was actually an abortion doctor that felt like it was almost a pastoral ministry for him to go around and perform abortions. Yeah. He, he had prayer ministers that would come and pray for the clinics before he gave the abortions, not to stop them, wow. but for the woman to be well taken care of during the abortion and for oh, you know her life just to be blessed and for her to be able to experience all this great freedom. And I mean, just some very, uh, if you saw his quote by himself, you'd think it was just, you know, and if I didn't tell you as an abortion doctor, you'd go, man, that's a great pastor. And until you realize that what he's speaking about is he's actually writing about abortion. It, it's terribly, you know, disgusting. It's sick. It's twisted. It doesn't look anything like biblical Christianity. Christianity, which is why I've written this book, the the Christian left, how liberal thought has hijacked the church. It's such a good time for this book, Lucas, because I'll tell you, this is a huge battle. My wife gets on forums online and she sees people twisting scriptures on the moms groups. You know, yeah. oh, it didn't really say that. That's what the devil's been doing since day one. Didn't mm-hmm. did he didn't really mean that? You know, and that's what uh, the rent to evangelicals and the Soros people and all those. That's what they're trying to do. Just twist just a little bit of the scripture, just enough to make you question it. And so we need to push back. What you're doing is pushing back. I appreciate it. Are you getting a lot of spiritual warfare for this? Because I can imagine. <laughs> it, you know, it, I mean, we're still in pre-release. So the book's available for order right now. Uh, it comes out, you know, this this spring. So basically, if you buy it now, it ships as soon as it releases from the, uh, uh, from the you know, from the warehouse. And, you know, but it's interesting what people have. So, so really, it's only been press and sort of my influencers that have read this. I've gotten great reviews from them. Um, we, you know, I have had a few people that I talked about in the book kind of, you know, you know, presenting quotes and facts and things about them, kind of identifying some of their progressive thoughts that I've, that I've sent the book to, um, you know, basically saying, Hey, you're mentioned in this. Now we haven't heard feedback on that yet, but I'm sure there's going to be some sort of kind of counter marketing, you know, or, or PR Mm -hmm. campaign against that. I've have had a lot of people that have commented on the cover. You know, because it's this, it, you know, it's a it's a bold book on the cover. It's got this Marxist, you know, uh, red with uh, it says the Christian left and the E on the left is a hammer uh, or excuse me, a sickle and a tilted cross, which oh, yeah. a lot of people think I made up that symbol. That is actually the Christian socialist symbol is this communist sickle with the a tilted or slanted cross, you know, that's tipped over. <laughs> And, and so um, I've had a lot of people comment on that and certainly Facebook, you know, world. And I graduated from high school where most of the people I went to school with are leftists, you know, and so yeah, uh, yeah. I've, I've sure gotten some old messages from, uh, from friends that, <laughs> I'm uh, sure. uh, you know, we, with a little bit of hate, but, you know, it reminds me of the black, you know, uh, people say I'm the black robe regiment pastor, you know, right. <laughs> but, but that's what we need, man. We need to get into the churches and speak the truth, you know, and this, this is a great message. People should have you come out and speak if you're available and 
And Absolutely. Yeah. We're, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, I am, I'm hoping to really have a significant, uh, you know, speaking tour here uh, after the book releases and uh, this spring. And, and so we're starting to book those and getting out and everything else. And also doing a lot of virtual events, you know, for people, if they're, they're still in markets that, uh, um, that, that, you know, that makes more sense for them, uh, at least for where their state's at right now. So, which I, I don't know is that makes sense for anybody, but if that's the condition they find themselves in, then, you know, we can accommodate that as well. Very, very good. good. Very good. Yes. Hey, Lucas Miles, it's been an honor to have you on. Thanks for writing Absolutely. this book. It's a great book. Everybody's got to go and grab it. And it releases in, in the spring. Is that right? Yeah. So it's available now for pre-order on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, christianbooks.com. It's actually hit number one on Amazon on three different lists so far, uh, which has been just amazing in pre-order. And then uh, it'll release this spring, but you can go ahead and you can purchase it, order it today. And it'll ship as soon as it, as soon as it is available from the wholesaler. That's great. Hey, this is a great book. Everybody, you got to go and grab this. It explains what's going on in our church yes. today. The Christian left, how liberal thought has hijacked the church. Lucas Miles, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thank, thank you. you.